Hey, what's going on? It's John, and it's time for the JMart Cast for Monday, December twentieth, twenty twenty one. What's going on? How are you, friends and family? How's your December going? Are you ready for Christmas? Did you get all your Christmas shopping done? <laughs> That's what YouTube wants me to say. Doesn't want me to say anything controversial because if I do, then I will get censored. Did you guys hear about that? Did you hear about the fact that my last episode of JMartcast got censored on YouTube? YouTube told me that there was medical misinformation in my episode. Didn't say exactly what part of it, just that there was a part in the whole episode, which was a 30-minute endeavor. Somewhere in there, there was medical misinformation, and my audience of tens of people were in grave danger of hearing something that could result in them, I don't know what, but something bad enough that YouTube deemed it that they shouldn't hear my episode, and they pulled it off, they deleted it. <laughs> oh man, somebody told me that uh, getting content censored is the new five-star rating, so thank you, YouTube, first of all. Uh, now I know exactly what <laughs> to talk about. Yeah, so some medical misinformation, I suppose, was talked about in the previous episode. I don't know, let, let's go over it. So I've had a couple of people who are friends who kind of have listened to the episode uh, talk to me about it and give me some feedback. And kind of what I'm hearing is that one thing I might have made a mistake on was the fact that I said that the public health officer of Canada was no longer recommending the Moderna vaccine for people under the age of 30. So I was going off of a tweet from her that said, the latest data suggests that rare risk of disease events following vaccination with mRNA COVID-19 vaccines, most often seen in males 12 to 29 years, may be lower with Pfizer compared to Moderna vaccine. Hence, for 12 to 29-year-olds, they preferentially recommend the use of the Pfizer over Moderna to start or complete a primary vaccine series. So I was going based off of that, but I guess a full interpretation of that is that they're not no longer recommending Moderna. They just prefer Pfizer over Moderna. If there's no choice, I suppose they will still give out Moderna. So I was wrong about that, if that's the mistake I made. <laughs> Sorry, YouTube. Please don't take down this episode. I'll try not to stick to the facts this time around. But yeah, besides that, theres I don't think there was anything else that I would have said that should have had my episode be taken down. I mean, I did talk about the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System and how I was worried about the reports for people who die post-vaccination as well as have severe adverse events. And I don't know if you guys saw, like not a day later, there was this doctor named Peter McCullough who was on the Joe Rogan Experience who talked about the exact same concern who, that he has. And he's brought up many other really interesting points. The main one to me being the fact that early treatment of people who were infected was downplayed and all efforts were kind of focused towards the vaccine rather than having multiple arms dealing with various ways people get infected, whether they get infected at home or at the hospital, and just basically having a different treatment protocol uh, based on the different set of circumstances that people are in. But 
Of course, Joe Rogan is exclusively on Spotify, and Spotify doesn't seem to be a platform that censors agree like completely normal things that people say, as long as long as they're not, you know, doing anything to cause harm to anybody, which I definitely was not. So just like my episode did not get censored on Spotify, and um, now at this point, pretty certain that if Joe Rogan had stayed on YouTube and had that episode be published on that platform, that would 100% get censored. And it seems obvious now why he decided to change platforms and go over to Spotify. Free speech is important. You know, if, if you believe in it, then you have to be a free speech radical. You have to be a maximalist. You can't be 80% for free speech and like 20% for like shutting down certain, uh, certain conversations certain points, certain people. You have to be 100% for everyone having a right to speak, even if they say things that you 100% disagree with and you think they're, you know, saying inappropriate things. It's still, in order for free speech to work and make our society better, we have to be radically for it in every situation. I don't know. Am I, am I wrong in that? Can... If someone disagrees with that, maybe you can, I don't know, give me some points. Like, should a, a Holocaust denier be uh, stopped from speaking and saying that he's, saying lies, I guess, saying that he doesn't believe in the Holocaust? Like, or, or should we apply censorship on that person and, and say, no, you're not allowed to say that? Or should somebody, like, go debate him and talk to him and try to, engage him in a way that they can have a dialogue and move forward. I don't know. There's this professor from Concordia University, I want to say, Dr. Sad, Dr. Gad Sad, who is a Lebanese Jew who as a as a Jew he believes that in in free speech and believes in in it so greatly that he will defend it for a Holocaust denier to be able to espouse those lies. Is that too radical? I don't think so. I think we have to take it to that level. This is the only way. This is the only way is to, to change that person's mind. If you shut him down, if you censor him, then like, you're just going to make him dig his heels, or their heels, her heels, whatever, whoever it is, and be like, well, if I'm being censored, this must be the truth, rather than have it, having someone school you so badly that you you realize how, how stupid you've been. Like... And that can only happen with open dialogue, with free speech, with no censorship. But yeah, anyway, that Peter McCullough episode with Joe Rogan, I highly recommend it if you haven't watched it or listened to it. Please watch it and kind of ask yourself, is this doctor, what, what are his motives? Who is he trying to benefit? Is he trying to benefit himself or is he trying to benefit the greater population? And, you know, is he, is he seem like, does he seem like a smart individual or does he seem, it's a three hour episode, like in, in three hours you can really get a good grasp of who this person is. And you can tell that he's a, a doctor with great level of integrity. At least that's my point of view. And the things he's saying are very, he's exposing a lot of things. So I, I, I highly recommend you check that out. And if this is what's really going on, then how do we move forward from here? Yeah, I don't know. It's a difficult question. I'm gonna end end this part of the podcast with that because it's a it's a tough one. But I'm gonna I have a good follow up because 
obviously there's some crazy stuff happened to me last week with the with the tree falling down and landing on top of my car <laughs> so the follow-up to that story is that when i took the car to the dealership for like an assessment they took a look at it one look and they're like oh this is not safe to drive 100 so we'll take it in and go get a rental car and we'll get back to you when the insurance approves all the repairs so i was like sweet that's great the rental was free or so i thought <laughs> and i got home with the car everything was fine and then a couple days go by and we still haven't heard from like the insurance people so my wife's calling and wondering like what the hell's going on why haven't you like gone back to us and told us what to expect moving forward and so we got through to somebody and we're talking to them it turns out that we weren't supposed to get a rental car because we don't have rental insurance and the reason why we need rental insurance is because this was not an at-fault collision where somebody like hit us it was like it's considered an act of god and this tree limb fell on our, on our car and there's no one at fault <laughs> and so luckily we have comprehensive insurance which covers you know the damage because there's no one at fault at least the comprehensive covers the fact that we need repairs on the car but the comprehensive insurance does not also include a rental car insurance <laughs> so now we basically were told that we got the rental car inappropriately and we had to return it and they would forgive us for having it i guess or whatever for <laughs> for the few days for a couple of days that we did use it for so at least we didn't have to pay for that but then we're like dude like what the hell is going on we got comprehensive insurance because we wanted all aspects of this covered and that's what comprehensive means why was it insurance in this and so then they explained us the difference about this like at fault thing where like you know usually people will have their rental car covered because somebody else hit them and their insurance will cover it but since for us we <laughs> didn't have anyone hit us and it was just a tree branch we don't have the insurance covered but at least we got the damage covered and at least the insurance is um ha has now approved it but the car is going to be like basically in repair for a couple of weeks all the way through christmas because you know supply chain issues and they don't have the parts they're on back order blah 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 <laughs> all that garbage <laughs> oh my god well, luckily we have like pretty good family support and my wife's parents are stepping up and giving us one of their cars in the meanwhile to use while we wait for the car to be repaired so we're well taken care of which is very nice gotta stay grateful gotta be just in a good mood and thank my lucky stars for how good and easy my life is at the end of the day you know i do a lot of complaining i guess on here but at the end of the day things are very good I just want to make sure that we keep it that way. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, even though I complain a lot, a lot of my attention is still spent on my family. Like, I have a lot of fun with my kid, my son. He's at a really funny place right now where he just is all over the place. His attention span is just so short, I guess. I don't know. Like, in a span of five minutes this week, he, he did this thing where he went from watching a movie 
to no longer wanting to do that, then reading a book, then the book was boring, switched to playing with a toy. The toy got old pretty quick as well, goes, runs into the kitchen and eats some food, small snack, I guess, whatever, a couple bites done, starts running around back and forth, back and forth. <laughs> and then after he, he was done running around, he starts jumping and tell, asking me to do squats with him. <laughs> it's like, okay. <laughs> This guy is just an energizer bunny, just like his dad. So I'm dealing with that. And it's, it's awesome. Like that takes up a lot of my focus and attention and, and I love it. And so I'm not so, you know, worried about all these things that I complain about, I, I suppose. As much as I, I may, I might make it seem as I, you know, complain, but. You know, I don't know what else to do. I'm just kind of following the Bill Burr model of bitching about things that you that are going on around you, and hoping that that becomes successful. So, <laughs> here's another one. Um, so, for Christmas, I wanted to buy tickets to an event for my wife and I because we love doing that kind of stuff. And one that I love doing all the time is actually going to ballet. My wife and I have gone to the downtown like ballet company a bunch of times and we've seen Nutcracker and they're doing it again this year. So I bought tickets like not even like two days later, I got an email back saying that there's now the 50% capacity rule going on for ticketed events. So of course I had to go online on the internet and wait in line, which is like the most ridiculous thing. <laughs> wait in line online. <laughs> Like, I think that was a joke in like a movie a while back, but now it's happening for real. I had to wait in line online to basically say, I still want to go to this event. Can I be one of the people who, like half of the people that keeps his ticket? So we'll see what they get back to us. But like, this is, we're, we're back basically. Every winter season now, it's going to be more, more of this. I mean, I, I, I knew this was happening, but I, like a sucker, still bought the ticket. And here we go again. Oh, well, you know, I'm not, I'm not happy about it, obviously, but I'm not the only person. Just a couple of days ago, I got an email from the farm that I buy my meat from. We, they have a, like a newsletter that they send out, I think once a month or once every couple of weeks. And I got this email from them and I'm going to read out parts of it to you guys and tell me what you think. So this, this farm that we, buy meat from. They're called Wild Meadows and they have grass-fed, grass-finished beef and a bunch of other pastured uh, farm animals that they sell at bulk quantities. And they're a really great farm. They send us pictures of how, how they treat their animals and they always talk about the high quality of nutrients that they're providing and feeding their animals with. So I like love purchasing my animals from these guys. And here's what the owner has to say about what's going on, I suppose. My question to everyone who still believes in this narrative is, is it worth it? Is the perceived safety worth the costs we have incurred and will incur in the future? So I think the narrative he's talking about is like the, we're all in this together narrative. Everybody has to like chip in for like the greater good of the society, that kind of stuff. It goes on. 
It's been almost two years. Is it worth the divisions amongst families, divorces, lost friends? Are we okay with the unintended consequences, such as lost businesses and jobs, increased dependence on drugs and alcohol, depression, suicide, unknown effects of something that is, in quotes, safe and effective? Are we okay with essentially forcing people to have a medical procedure that isn't proven and they don't want? Are we okay with creeping authoritarianism, censorship, segregation, and whatever follows that? What is the cost-benefit analysis? <laughs> yeah, these are these are like really good questions that this man's bringing up. I like can't like agree with this person enough. I um, can't recommend his services enough. If you guys want Wild Meadows, check them out. Google them. I do have a like a referral link that I always put out in, in my videos. You can check that out. Yeah. He goes on. Is protecting everyone worth the cost? Personally, it has probably been the best two years of my life, but I've sacrificed a lot and I'm lucky to be doing what I'm doing. I get to meet a lot of people doing what I do. Customers, farmers, processors, etc. Very few of them express a great fear of the virus, but most of them see something isn't right. The most telling are the people of Eastern European descent, who see too many similarities to the place they left for a better life. Yeah, exactly. The Eastern Europeans. Armenia likes to consider itself as Eastern European, even though technically it's pretty much in Asia. But, you know, <laughs> I, I'll, I'll lump myself with the Eastern Europeans with a loud voice trying to proclaim that things aren't going right. Something's not right. There's too much authoritarianism afoot. Anyway, this guy goes on to say, what is my point? My point is that life is beautiful and a gift, but it does not come without risk. We are so lucky to live where we live and be alive during these times, but I would much rather live a full and free life and accept risk than a restricted safe one. Exactly. I know everyone's got a different risk tolerance and some things one person might be comfortable with, others might not be. But that doesn't mean that we just go by the lowest common denominator of what is acceptable level of risk, right? And apply that to everybody. That just doesn't make sense. It's not logical. It's not reasonable. I'll read a couple more parts from the email. He says, I also write this because I hear from several people that there is no hope. I strongly disagree with this. There is lots of hope. The curtain is being lifted and people are seeing things for what they are. The trick is to act, speak up, support local businesses, get to know your neighbors, create better systems, create community. These things are at the top of my list for next year. I 100% agree with this guy. Like this is the way. Action is the way. Take action in any way you can. That could be a million different things for a million different people. Personally, for me, it's just basically using this platform to try to share some of my concerns with people. Like what I was talking about last year, not last year, sorry, last week about VAERS, the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System, and how like, you know, there's a signal there coming from there that is being ignored a little bit. And say what you will, but I, that's that's just, I'm taking action. I'm trying to talk about this. I don't want to lose dialogue. And that's actually the last point I'll share from the email I got is this is the second last sentence the guy shares. He says, I hope everyone can respect my viewpoint, whether you agree or disagree. 
we would probably be a lot better off if discussion and disagreement were an accepted part of public discourse. And again, 100% agree with this point. We need to be able to have free speech. We must be free speech radicalists, maximalists, and not allow the fact that if we disagree some, with somebody with what they're saying, lead us to the conclusion that, that we must shut that person down from ever speaking again. And that's what I want. I want dialogue about all of this, about like my concerns for theirs. And when I brought it up last week and the episode got taken down, it again, like it, it reaffirms my desire to, you know, look into it f- further, deeper and try to voice my concern and see what's going on. Like, why am I being censored if, if, if it's not nothing to be concerned about? Somebody told me that I'm getting way too caught up in this. And I don't know, my response to him was like, so, okay, are you okay with endless boosters? Right? If the various data continues to be the way that it is, and now we're being suggested that we have to take boosters once a year, whatever the frequency is. Are we okay with that? I don't have anything against vaccines, right? I've got all my vaccines and I will continue to get more vaccines in the future. But like, we don't have to force it on people, right? We shouldn't have a mandate that everyone has to have it or else you can't be part of society. You can't like go to restaurants. You can't go to some places go buy groceries. Like, what the hell is that? Are we okay with that? Are we okay with mandating it, even though there are some people who don't react well to it? You know, it's not everybody. Everybody is fine. It's mostly safe. But some people, it's not safe for. So we should let those people choose not to take it. And also anybody else who has hesitancy who doesn't want to take it. Okay? It's new. Let's wait for a while. Why can't we be more cautious? Make doesn't make sense. So yeah, that's what so that's what I put to him. Are you okay with endless boosters? And he goes, I wouldn't say that, but I know that what I do will have no impact on what society does. Okay, like there is no society, dude. Like it's everybody is an individual, and every everybody makes individual choices. He goes, I don't get caught up in it. Okay, fine, don't get caught up in it. Like, I don't get caught up in it either. I used to tell other people who would get caught up in politics, don't get caught up in politics. Because whatever happens, it didn't make a difference on your life one way or another. But now it makes a big difference. Now it makes a huge difference because our lives are completely turned upside down. So now I care. Now I get caught up in it. Then he goes on to say, there will have been billions of others that have gotten it, so I would be confident knowing it will not have any adverse events. Okay, I mean, that's great that you're, you've got billions of other people ahead of you, you know, taking this thing so that you don't have to worry about it. But even with that, like, my response to him was that the system set up for, for adverse events is signaling that vaccines are not completely safe, and, but it's being ignored. People should have the right not to take it if they don't want to. Do you disagree? And I, I put that question to everybody. Like, if someone doesn't want to take this, do they not have the right to not take it? Anyways, this is, this is, this is what he says to me. He says, well, kind of. There are instances that are not being reported properly and they should be releasing all the data. But I think all parties still agree that the vaccine is extremely safe and the instance of complications is very, very low. Okay. That might be true, but again, the VAERS data is demonstrating that there's a large enough population here that's not responding well that we should potentially stop the complete mandate, right? That's all I'm saying. He goes on, as for the right to take it, 
That's a tough one. The issue is that a lot of people are not informed that are just deciding to not take the vaccine because of shit they read on Facebook. I was watching a video of an intensivist in Hamilton that was explaining the process of a 40-year-old patient that is having their blood pumped out of their body, be oxygenated, and pumped back in on essentially the most severe level of life support, all because they poorly chose that the vaccine isn't for them. Okay, well, let me stop you there. First of all, like we don't know for sure that had he taken the vaccine, the same thing would not have happened, okay? And it's just example after example like this of like, oh, this one person here has had a really bad like uh, outcome, so everyone should be scared and you know react with fear. Don't don't react in a balanced manner. What about the fact that most people are actually fine who become infected and recover? Why aren't we focused on that little factoid? Anyway, enough COVID stuff. Let's let's finish today's episode on a slightly brighter note. I'm gonna I'm gonna do a finish a little bit differently. I'm gonna finish with like a suggestion, a Netflix suggestion. Was it Netflix? Might have been Prime Video. No, I think it's Netflix. It's called Fourteen Peaks. If you guys haven't seen this yet, go check it out. It's about this dude from Nepal who does a project where he goes to the peak of the 14 tallest mountains in the world, all over 8,000 meters tall. And he peaks all of them in six months and six days. He goes to the peak. Doesn't peak. I don't know if you can use peak as a verb. <laughs> Maybe. He goes to the peak of all 14 uh, mountains in six months and six days. And it's a record. I think the previous person, I think it was only one person who did it. And he did it over many years, I think over a decade. So this is an amazing accomplishment. And the guy who captained the expedition and all his uh, uh, helpers, I guess, we're all Nepalese, so they're kind of like trying to do this as a way to promote the history or like the, I don't know, capability, the mountaineering and climbing, mountain climbing capacity of the Nepalese people. It's definitely an amazing way to show off how, how awesome those people are. And I loved watching the documentary and just seeing the crazy adventures they had to go through basically to accomplish this thing. It's amazing some of the footage they've got, like there's avalanches happening around them there's like you know a lot of drama with life and death you know there's like a person whose life they save at one point there's another person who they try to save and he he dies unfortunately oh yeah there was one one other thing where at one point as they were returning from one of the peaks the guy the main guy uh, slipped and fell down the mountain for like they estimate around 100 meters you know like the length of a soccer field or a football field around that and last second was able to just like hang on to a rope that was by him and cling on as tight as he possibly could to stop himself from going any further and basically dying and yeah definitely worth checking out look into 14 peaks on netflix and with that i'm gonna end today's episode no bitcoin update just buy the dip i gotta do a little bit more research on austrian and keynesian economics to be able to like talk about it with somewhat grace and <laughs> present some ideas that actually make sense that be, would be worth listening to until then ladies and gents thank you for joining me on this episode if you'd like please give me a rating or share this podcast with a friend and you can always hook up with me through twitter or instagram at jmartfit thank you very much stay active be grateful peace jmart out